Hey, this show is brought to you by Figures Toy Company. Use the code in the show notes to get 10% off all your collectibles needs. Are you ready for some whoop-ass action? Well, we're here to open up a can of it, brother, on the Whoop-Ass Podcast. My name's Christian Conrad with co-host Zachary Blade. This episode, we're uh, featuring no-joke Johnny Pope, the cowboy himself, your favorite. Absolutely, and and we go over a lot of stuff in this podcast today. Uh, you're definitely going to want to check it out. Um, we go over his uh, training at the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy, JPWA, big time, with uh, Kane himself he trained with. Um, we also talk about his uh, bond with his grandfather and how his grandfather helped him kind of put together his character and just the way he is and how he is. Um, we kind of go over a little bit of his uh, background in bodybuilding, um, but his big goals of becoming a world champion for a company he's been worth for three years, and then even a bigger goal of going into the NWA. All this in today's episode. So uh, stay tuned and definitely check it out. Yeah, if it's Johnny Pope, it's no joke. And hey, uh, if you want to help us along, follow with us. We have a website. We're putting everything out on Facebook and out on the interwebs. And you can share, you can like. The biggest way to help us out is we have a GoFundMe. Um, our aspirations is to turn this podcast into a more of a media company and make an actual feature film. And to do that, we need your help. We need money. We need the help from the wrestling community, which I know is out there to give it to us. Um, so if you could jump onto that GoFundMe in the show notes, that would be awesome. We actually have our own aspirations outside of this as well. Christian Conrad has his own book series you can find on Amazon and wherever he has a Facebook page and Instagram page. So definitely check out that. And I have my own personal wrestling figure company, whatever you want to call it, where I um, video my figures and do some stop motion work. And, I have, and I'm over on Facebook and on Instagram as BWF, Big Point Wrestling Federation. So if you can kind of help us with our other hobbies as well and our other aspirations, we really appreciate that as well. Yeah, and if what we're doing here, this intro and the pushing of content and throwing up ads, if that's something that annoys you, we actually have bonus paid content over on Patreon. You can get rid of the ads. You can get rid of us talking like what, however we're doing in these intro videos and you can cut straight to the content of the wrestlers and even get into like some more bonus stuff like for instance who is Johnny Polk outside of the ring he's no joke without further ado I'm Christian Conrad this is Zachary Blade and now we're interviewing Johnny Polk let's get into this podcast all right, I'd like to uh, welcome Johnny Polk. He's y'all's favorite cowboy straight from the saloon. No joke, Johnny Polk on the Whoop Ass podcast. Uh, so 
to start things off, I'd like you to just tell us where people can find you online and, you know, where's your presence? Where can they follow you? Uh, mainly I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Those are my three platforms that I'll upload and stay up to date on. All right. What are your, what are your handles there? Um, Johnny Poke on Facebook, Johnny Poke, uh, Johnny underscore Poke Instagram, and then no joke, Johnny Poke on the YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. And then what, what companies are you currently working for right now? Uh, in Indiana, I'm working Envision and EPW. And then in Illinois, my main one is D6, uh, Destination 6. That's up out of Maycomb, Illinois. And then in Tennessee, I'm running with SPCW. And that one's in Laflette, Tennessee. And right now, uh, I'm a tag team champion at Envision, EPW, and uh, D6. And I'm working on that fourth strap down in Tennessee right now, trying to get on in. Right on. I saw you had some merch out. I, I really like, uh, I saw the shirts you had out that, uh, whoever designed that, that was like really, they're really cool. Yeah. I, uh, seen a fellow indie wrestler. He, uh, had a shirt done by the same guy. I was like, man, just the, the quality and the detail and the positioning. I got a hold of him. He put me in contact with his guy and his name is Brandon day. And he does some of the best work I've ever seen for me. Uh, Nate Hewitt was the guy that, uh, put me in contact with him, but all his work I've seen has been phenomenal. And man, whenever it prints it out on the shirts, the shirts look great. It's not like a, a stick on sticker. It's legit lasered on. I love it. Couldn't have done a better job. And you sell awesome, those at awesome. your shows? Yeah, I try to sell mostly at the show. I'll sell some online, like for fans that obviously live like in New York, California, across the country, I can't get to. I'll mail it out to them. And any way I can get it to them, I will. Sweet. Great, great. So, um, so we know your tag teams with Clark. Um, he kind of went over his starting in the wrestling business, uh, kind of with the backyard stuff, and then kind of moving on into the the training with his uh, IWAU. Um, what was kind of your upstart in the wrestling? Uh, I just showed up one day. I had a friend that was in the business. His name is Xander Kelly. And uh, he told me to show up, help set up, pay your dues, and then we'll get you in the ring and see what you think. And that's what I did. Showed up, got the ring set up. Once I uh, helped out, my part, me and two guys hopped in and they were teaching me how to bump properly, how to hit the ropes, and that's about it. And then uh, they gave me a battle royal spot that night to see how it felt in front of a live crowd. And at the end of the night, like, so what do you think? You want to try it out? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I, I love it. It was it was an adrenaline rush like none other. So much fun. I was only in there for like, I think, 30 seconds was it. But just those 30 seconds was just electrifying, man. It was great. So, uh I said, yeah, I want to do it. I want to take it serious. How do I do it? Can you train me? And said, honestly, I could. It would be like here and there. But the best thing to do is just bite the bullet and go to an academy, go to a school. So I looked some up and you had the Nightmare Factory, uh, Rhodes Wrestling Academy, and then there's a JPWA. And that's the one I went to, the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy, uh, ran by Dr. Tom Pritchard and Glenn Jacobs, formerly known as Kane. And I did a three-month uh, training course there. So it was five days a week, four hours a night. It was my class with Dr. Tom in the ring. Uh, 
Then once I graduated that, I came home, went back to work for that company. And then I just slowly started uh, branching out. And now I travel all the way from Chicago, Illinois, down to Knoxville, Tennessee. And it's a, it's a blast. I've been out to uh, Cincinnati as well, out in Ohio. And hopefully this year I can branch out. I'd love to hit 10 states this year, work in 10 different states before uh, 2024 is up. Awesome. Awesome. So how long have you been doing this? When, when was, uh, when did you first get in the ring for that battle Royal? That was March 7th of 2020. Yeah. That was the first time I stepped foot in it. And before I went down to the Academy, it was about six months between and COVID hit. So it was like real private. No one could do anything. I was like, man, as soon as I got my foot in the door, it gets shut on me. I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. But, uh, they ended up doing private tapings, no crowd, just in the in the auditorium uh, we were at, filmed it in there and put it up on their YouTube. So it still gave me a way to get in there and train and get a little bit of experience before I went down to the academy. And then uh, the academy was, uh, I graduated from it in November 2020. So fall of that year, graduated the academy. And then after that, it's just, yeah, I've been on the road. So I've been wrestling four years now in march it'll be four years awesome awesome so you and clark are kind of been doing it the same amount of time so that's very cool um but um it uh reminds me uh you remind me of the philosophy of the buffalo there's this uh philosophy of how uh cows when there's a storm they'll run away from the storm and and they get caught in it but a buffalo will just charge like straight through it and they end up on top. And you kind of remind me of how you just like jumped into it. You went into training. It's really nice. Cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thank you, brother. I like yeah. that. Awesome. That is great. Be like a buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, so you've been, you and Clark, um, Clark, uh, kind of mentioned that, when he first saw you, he was kind of, who's this other cowboy? I'm going to, we can't have, there's only got to be one cowboy around. But uh, where did the cowboy gimmick come from you? Um, and how did it come up? Uh, well, back to start, like how I got into wrestling was my uh, grandparents. I was with them a lot. And my grandpa and I would watch wrestling all the time. And that's what really got me into it, you know, and I, I seen his emotion. Anytime Eddie Guerrero would win, he would flip out. He would curse the TV. I'm never watching it again. But next Friday night, we would be watching, waiting for Eddie Guerrero to get his ass beat. And, and we, every week, that's what got me hooked. That, then you got to say, I fell in love with Batista, John Cena, all them guys. And uh, if it wasn't wrestling on TV, it was John Wayne or Tombstone or Eastwood. You know, that's what we were doing. So I correlate those two together. You know, you got that big Billy badass Duke, John Wayne. And then after that, we're watching John Cena or Dave Batista whoop ass in the ring. So I correlate those two so much. And both of those two was a big outlet for me growing up as a kid. And that was what me and my grandfather really bonded with. And to this day, I, I carry that with me. Awesome, awesome. That's a great answer. Definitely, I can relate to that because I actually grew up with my grandparents as well, so that's great. Um, Is Johnny Polk your actual name or is that your in-ring name? That's just my in-ring name. 
Uh, yeah, and that's because of my grandpa. His name was Johnny, and his nickname was Poe. And I knew I was going to either be a Johnny or a Poke, and I was just playing around with names. And I had probably at least 20 or 30 different things. And then all of a sudden, I said, no joke, Johnny Poke. I just popped in my head. I'm like, man, scratch all those other ones. Like, this is gold. I'm running with it. And I have, ever since then, it's it's worked. So I you know, don't fix something that ain't broke. And Absolutely. Uh, back to the cowboy gimmick, the, growing up, my uh, uncle, he had a ranch, uh, had dairy cattle out there and some hog farm. So we go out there and got the cowboy roots that way, too. And at the house, we would farm our own uh, garden. We'd raise three to four beef cattle a year. So it really came natural to me to incorporate like the stories I can tell in my promos and the style I move in the ring is a little bit different because I use techniques that we used to on the farm. Like pitching hay or riding a horse or something like that awesome wow awesome. we i love it that's a great story. when we spoke with uh clayton yeah he also mentioned uh, the importance of roots and how like how you grow up is like really how he he also defined his um gimmick or personality so yeah I, you're you're explaining a little bit of the same thing here yeah, one thing that Dr. Tom really preached down there is it's got to be real. If you're making your character something that you're not, the fans are going to be able to see that and they're going to see that you're lying. And then it's just a, a big hoax. And then if you also don't believe it, if you know it's not you, you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, why should any of the fans? So the realer you can make your character, the easier and better it's going to be. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Great answer. Um, um, with that, I know a lot of people say that their characters just themselves turned up to 10. Would that be something exactly what your character is as well as just you turned up to 10? That's exactly what it is. Like when I'm home and just hanging out with the family, it's down to about a three. But then, you know, we all had those wild days in our 20s and teens where we were just buck wild and that's kind of what I go back to is those late nights on the farm, the bonfires, the drinking the whiskey, getting in bar fights, all that. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I'm in my thirties now. I got a family, a daughter. Yeah. It's turned down to a three, but then whenever I put on the gear, I'm Johnny Poke. That young side of me comes right back out. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, we'll, we'll start with your tag team. You're in a tag team with Clark, um, whiskey and warrants, um, Clark mentioned um, a lot about about the traveling that you've done with him, the six-hour trips, and it just meant a lot to him. Uh, definitely the bond you guys have. Um, what are your thoughts, and how do you feel about your tag team and the, it moving forward? Man, I'm a big believer in everything was meant to be. And my very first match, March 7th, Clark was actually booked on that same car. And that was the first time I met the guy. And then I seen him down the road at another show on a Sunday. And then he was the kid and I seen, we were both cowboy gimmicks. I'm like, you know what, maybe down the road, you and I could be something. And we were talking there. And sure enough, once I came back, me and him hooked up, locked up, became the whiskey and warrants. And we just started local and then we caught some eyes and then it was just hitting the road. And yeah, it's been like a, a bond, like a, we're brothers, basically, because we spend hours together on the road in the car. We watch each other's back in the ring. And it, it's been awesome having someone to watch my back, you know. 
but yeah, so ever since it's been crazy because I would have never thought because I was with a different tag team when I started. Seeing him would have never thought, okay, well, here two years, me and him are gonna be running around holding championship belts together, you know, representing three tag team championships together. No, but ever since it we got together, it just clicked. It worked. You know, he um I'm the drunk outlaw. He's the uh, law-abiding sheriff. You know, it, I love it. It's been great. Um, yeah, it, we take uh, up to make them. I think it's like six or seven hours. That one's a haul, but with him, it definitely makes it easier. Are you tired of getting your ass whooped by all your bad decisions catching up to you? Well, buying a home doesn't have to be one especially with the professional home inspection by Mike at Aries Engineering, LLC. He's licensed, insured, certified, and serving Southwest Indiana with nothing but the best service. Listen, buying a home can be a stressful process. Let Aries Engineering provide you peace of mind before your purchase because no one wants to be stuck with a big, costly hidden surprise after taking possession of their new home. Whether it's a mobile home or a venue space, he's got you covered. He even checks for termites, radon, well water, and mold at an additional cost. All you've got to do is call Mike at 812-295-8417. Tell him the boys from Whoop Ass sent you and he'll give you 25 bucks off a $300 to $400 inspection, depending on size. A hell of a deal for the safety and peace of mind it provides. That's 812-295-8417. Now, you might be saying, 300 bucks? F*** that. I just skip the inspection and grow mutant toddlers in my mold-infested <laughs> heap. Well, Mike will be the first to tell you the horror stories associated with trusting your realtor and skipping the inspection. He's found bat and coon crap three feet high inside the walls. Megalithic mice in the breaker box left by frat house cavemen. He found the neighborhood goat dead in a crawl space, and he smelled it from the driveway. And he's found plenty of mold so thick it could sedate a suburban pachyderm named Janice. Unless you're okay with your walls falling down while your wife's butt naked or have no problem watching your tween ride the lightning when she plugs in her iPhone, you probably need to be asking the questions, the big questions, and get yourself a home inspection. 25 bucks off, man. A professional home inspection will find the demons living in your attic and eradicate them. It'll save you hundreds, sometimes thousands in repair costs. Do yourself a favor and call Mike at 812-295-8417 and save yourself one hell of a bad day. Back to the show. Awesome, awesome. So Clark also mentioned that in his free time, he likes to read, um, listen to music, um, maybe on the rides up there and rides back whenever he's himself. There's a book that uh, Elijah <laughs> told I, I, him. I mentioned to Louis Lamore, <laughs> like uh, and Zane Gray and stuff like that. The old cowboy writers that 
really defined the genre. Nice. Yeah, he said he he does a lot of reading. Yeah, and I was just wondering what what was your what do you do on your free time? Maybe if you're not driving, you're just sitting in the car. What's your? I mean, I I guess getting deep philosophical thoughts. Like for example, I always want to like do like a ride along uh, car ride car log, but I never end up doing it. But like last night, I was thinking on the way home. You know, right now is the best time of our life. You know, we all might be going through some stuff. But tomorrow's a new day. You can make it better. And it's the best day of your life. And sometimes we need to slow down and just be grateful for everything that we do have. Not what we don't, but what we do have. And like on the car rides, that, that's my hobby is philosophical thinking. And if it's uh, at home, nothing to do. The baby's sleeping. I play a little bit of PlayStation, like a God of War and Assassin's Creed. Those a little bit of Mortal Kombat. And then that gets me hyped up and I hop into my home gym. Man, there's nothing better than getting a pump. Like, if I have free time after work, that's where it's at. I'll be in the gym. Awesome, awesome. So kind of getting pumped, uh, Clark also mentioned the music. Listening to music gets him into his character. What kind of gets you into your Johnny Poke 10 phase? I would definitely say listening to music, too, for sure. Like, I got my gym music. I'll have that on for the first or the last 10 minutes before I go out. Like, we'll we'll talk. We got our game plan. All right. I'll put a headphone in. I'll be listening to some hard rock and roll. That always gets me there. And I always carry a bottle of whiskey, too. So I'll crack it open and just take a whiff. I won't take a swig, but I'll take a whiff. And just that alcohol burning my nose. Whoosh, it takes me back, baby. <laughs> That's great. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. So, um, oh, so we mentioned where you went training, uh, where you're currently working. Um, what are some of your favorite matches you've done in your short career as a wrestler? Oh, man, I, I get asked this a lot. and There's so many good ones. My generic answer is my next one, man. Like I could list a whole bunch of them, but my next one, I want to make my best. But if we're actually talking the best match I've ever had, uh, we'll do tag team first. Definitely Clayton Clark, tag team champions together. Probably winning the uh, EPW tag gold. That one was probably, no, make it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> EPW. That was the first time that we we got the gold, held it. Uh, we beat Mount Olympus for it. That, that one probably meant the most to me. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I think, I think that's the exact way. answer is Clark, sorry. <laughs> What's that? I think that was the exact answer that Clark gave for his tag team answer as well. So very cool. And like it was between that and then the envision because envision that's where we first came together and it had a big meaning to finally get that one first. But then there's all kinds of issues. I think the the titles were stuck in like Pakistan or something, and so they had to change the card. You know, card subject to change, so it wasn't even a envision title match no more. It got, became a different one. So our first title was the EPW and then Envision. That one was a, uh, I think it was a tag team gauntlet at the fair show. And that one was just wild. It was, it was like a tornado match in there, man. It's bam, 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 nonstop. But yeah, between those two is the tag team. And then uh, my other favorite would have to be, it was a six-man tag down in uh, Tennessee at SPCW. And I was wrestling with one of my friends I went to the academy with. His name was Zach Stewart. And this guy, he's probably six foot seven, 300, and I think 
50 pounds and he's giant. So I re I want to recreate the uh, Sammy Superfly and Andre where he gets up on the shoulders and flies off of the mountain. And I did that and I got a picture of it. I'm at least 10 foot up in the air, just free falling down onto Wayne Moxie going for the pin. And just that moment, that match, it was just a lot of high flying and it was just so much fun getting to work with the, one of the guys I went to school with and came into the business with. So those would be my top three EPW title Envision title. And then, uh, the basically Academy reunion match. Awesome. That's awesome. That's what, very cool. what makes like a perfect match for you? Like, is it the emotion, the thrill? Uh, it's, it's gotta make sense. Like, from the beginning to the end, it, it has to have a good flow. So, like, telling the story, you know, the, the good guy, here he comes in hot. Yeah, but then something gets thrown in his way. There's an obstacle, just like everybody's day-to-day -day life. Oh, man, how am I going to get over this obstacle? And then you get over it. And now here comes the go home. Are you going to win or are you going to lose? That's the exciting part. And then depending on how the storyline's going, win or lose, as long as we can get the crowd where we want them for the story, that's what makes a great match. Uh, and it can be a six-man tag. It could be a fatal four-way. As long as you can tell a story and the story actually has meaning and makes sense, you don't even have to have any high spots. You could do 10 minutes of chain wrestling. And as long as it tells a story from the beginning to end, that's a damn good match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I know a lot of people really get into the storytelling wrestling. I know I love the storytelling. Uh, I actually do a little bit of storytelling with my stuff I work on on my free time. But um, Clark mentioned um, he kind of bases his style of wrestling off the Von Erichs. Uh, he loves Bret Hart. He likes that technical style. And then he, he sprinkles it on a little Shawn Michaels. Um, but what kind of what is your style of wrestling? What is the style you really like to implement into your own? Um, I'm I like I was trained at uh, Dr. Tom just like wrestling, like Dan Malenko technical wrestling. But uh, I did the NWA seminar a couple months back, and I got a chance to talk to Billy Corrigan in person. I was like, hey man, what you saw and everything I done what's something I could work on for me to catch your eyes. And he told me flying and a guy that is my size looks like I do. I got to fly more. And I mean, I can fly, but then after that, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start incorporating not just like technical wrestling, but more ricochet and Ray Mysterio. That, that's what I would compare it to is Ray Mysterio meets Dean Malenko. Awesome. I think that's a pretty unique combination there. I think that's, really where the modern wrestling's going these high flying guys that can still do it inside the ring so that's great um yeah so clark mentioned he also wants he has an aspiration of singles gold for 2024 is that something you're interested in as well do you are you wanting to reach the singles world titles sometime in this year absolutely like uh, what i got going now down in tennessee like and that's the thing is me and Clayton are so diverse that like we work great as a tag team, but then we also do outstanding singles as well. And he's got his own stuff over in Illinois. He does. And then I have a Tennessee where I've been working a single storyline and that's where I've been. I've been there for three years now. It's the longest promotion I've worked for. And, uh, 
ever since I went there, they uh, would give me a taste of it. Like, hey, do you think you could run with it? And then, boom, I tore my hamstring. Oh, I'm out of the picture. I come back, best shape of my life. I'm in the title picture again. Boom, I got a bicep uh, tendon tear. I'm out of the picture again. The title got put on someone else. So it's like, it's been this title that's been evading me ever since I've been after it. And I just really want it for that reason. I've been trying so hard. I get so close. It's right there. And then something happens. So I really want to get that title. That would mean a lot to me just because it's been a three-year story in the making. And it's finally coming full circle. You know, never giving up, overcoming all these obstacles. And that would be the one singles belt I would really like. But ultimately, in 2024, the weekends that I'm not with my regular promotions, I want to branch out. Like I got put in contact last night with a uh, promoter out in Pennsylvania. So maybe I can get a hold of him and not mark that one off and get my 10 states for the year. And that's the goal. Awesome. Awesome. Um, speaking of injuries, Clark really didn't mention any. I don't know if he's had any big ones, but you just mentioned two huge injuries. Um, how is it like dealing with an injury, knowing that you could be in the ring right now? Um, is it really hurts your ego how's that how'd that go for you uh it's depressing because yeah like, like i said i was so going in the direction had all the momentum going we had all these big plans and then just out of nowhere something happens like this last bicep tendon it was a i just doing curls i was working out that morning and then i had a pop in my arm and then i, I went to work monday i went to go pick up a board and my whole arm gave out and i'm like oh that tore went to the ER and they took a look at it. And I was like, well, this really sucks. I had all these plans going. Is there nothing I can do? Like, no, you can't go to work. You can't wrestle. You got to take two months off and do nothing. So for two months, I literally done nothing. I could, I worked out lower body, but I couldn't do much upper body. And uh, I just sat there and I was thinking, man, am I even going to make a return? Would it even be worth it to try to get back in shape, try to bring myself back to where I am? So and then once you're sitting there in your own pity, you're just wallowing in it and it just makes things worse. And then whenever I finally got back to working out, the wheels started rolling. It's like, all right, yeah, I, I got one more run. I, I know I can still do it. And now uh, after that, it was the holidays. I packed on some more weight. So the cutting season is upon us now, boys. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we didn't really mention training. I know. I don't work out and I, I'm guess obviously you guys, you guys are wrestlers. You got to work out, but what is your, what's your schedule? Like, how do you get your training in? How do you do your work? How do you do it? How do you get it all together? Uh, sleep less and work more, <laughs> but uh, I, I work at a factory where we cut up tabletops and do like that. We'll take a 10 by five sheet of wood, cut it down to different sizes and I work 10 or 10 to 12 hours a day. So some weeks I'm working 60 hours a week. I come home after a 12 hour day and I got a home gym. So I just go out there and get a pump in when I can. And I usually work out six days a week. So I'm getting maybe five hours, four to five hours of sleep right now. And But I used to be in bodybuilding. I competed in the National Physique Committee in Indianapolis, uh, 2015, Bantamweight, came home with a gold there. So my background was already decent in bodybuilding and powerlifting. And then uh, I think that ended in 2017. I just took some years off and 
chilled out for a while. I never even thought I was going to get into wrestling. And one night, me and my wife were sitting there watching Raw, and I was watching Ricochet, and he was bouncing off the ropes. I was like, you know, honey, I used to be able to do that back in the day. She said, yeah, it looks like you missed your calling. I'm like, miss my calling. I'll show you. And then that's when I started researching the wrestling and stuff. So that's what all started. It was me and my wife sitting there on the couch one night, and she basically challenged me to it. But, uh, yeah, athlete, like my physical, man, I work out all I can. Like, I got a strict regimen and diet. I'm pretty, uh, like, I'll pack a cooler, too. And that's what saves us a lot of money and time on the road is we pack our lunches so we don't got to pull off the road, waste 10 minutes there. We already got the food, keeps us on a lean diet so we can get that uh, the worker's body we want. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I definitely don't have that type of body, so, but it's great. You're um, <laughs> I'm behind the camera type guy. I don't have to look good, so. <laughs> You're the brain. <laughs> yeah. <go>. Sure. <laughs> but um, that's awesome. Um, speaking of the road, that's really good that you bring your own lunches. You don't have to go and stop for that fast food. But um, what are some really crazy road stories? You've traveled to Tennessee. You traveled six hours up to Illinois. What are some crazy uh, stories you have on, on the road? Okay, my wife's going to get mad at me about this one, but we were going to Cincinnati, <laughs> and it's only about a three-hour drive from here. And so we took the whole day off. We were leaving early for the show so we could actually go around Cincinnati, and we get down on 71, and there's like a three-car pileup. So a three-hour trip ends up turning into seven hours. We were sitting in a dead stop for three hours in the middle of the interstate. And as we're sitting there, I, I'm like, okay, it's a good thing we left early because I can still make it to the show. I really want to <laughs> mark Cincinnati off one of my cities I work. So we're still going to go. And after about an hour and a half, you know, our bladders got full. So I, I can easily pee in a bottle. I, I That's how I keep time and make towns too, is I'm driving. I'll hit cruise control. I'll pee in a bottle while I'm driving. Well, my wife obviously doesn't have the same biological makeup as I do. It's not as easy for her. So all we had was like a little uh, single serving potato chip bag. And that's the one kind of trash we had. So she had to literally pop a squat above a little chip bag and pee in a bag in the middle of the interstate with semis and cars all surrounding us. And she had to empty it out the door. And I think she may have refilled it two more times before the traffic started moving. But right before it started moving, I was on the phone with the promoter. I was messaging him. I was screenshotting it, showing him, hey, I'm on my way. I'm in transit. But this roadblock has us at a standstill. And uh, as soon as I was getting ready to say, hey, I can't make it, we seen traffic moving. And then the GPS said, I'll get there right at bell time. So I'm like, all right, hey, man, this is what's up, blah, blah, blah. I'll be there. So now we're moving. We finally got moving. There's only one thing I can do. Hit cruise control, have the wife take the wheel, and I got to change in my car. And when I work, I work in a Speedo underneath my tights. So I got to get butt naked, take my shoes and socks and everything off in the car, going 70 miles an hour down the interstate, put my gear on. and I got everything on. We're pulling into Cincinnati. We get to the venue. I pull in. I grab my gear bag, my lasso. Uh, my wife has the merch gear and the merch table, and we're running into the doors. Hey, I'm a worker. I'm trying to poke. I, I got to wrestle. Where do we go? And they're pointing us where to go. So I get backstage, and uh, the national anthem is going on. So I, we all have a moment of silence, listen to it. And then right afterwards, I find the promoter. I'm like, all right, man, I'm sorry I'm late. You know, uh, where's the guy? Let me talk to him. When are we on? You know, thinking, 
okay, I'm a new guy. This is my debut there. I'm not going to open. They need a big pop to open. I'm not going to be main event. So a little bit of pressure's off there, right? I got a couple matches to talk about it. No, I was the opener with one of their like underweight champs. I'm like, you kidding me? He's like, yeah, yeah. Talk to him. He, he's good. So here comes a Scotty Amos. And he's like, hey, brother, can you walk and talk? I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I guess I have to tonight. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of him. He'll be good. I'm like, all right, let's go out there, bud. So we uh, went 15 minutes out there. I was the opener. Uh, and that was only the second time I ever worked heel in my entire career. And it completely backfired because I ended up having some fans out there that showed up and they were like, Johnny, Johnny. And I'm like, damn it. He told me I got to be healed. So I'm booing them and they think it's it's part of my gimmick. So it was a big uh, flop on the booking. But then they wanted me to come back. But they're like, yeah, next time we'll, we'll book you as a face. Like, hey, and next time I'll take a different road to get there. <laughs> but that was probably the uh, wildest experience I had on the road so far is peeing in a little chip bag, getting dressed, going 70 miles an hour down the road, into just walking and talking and doing one of the best matches I've ever had. Wow. You, you could do a, a, story. a parody of that Billy String song, Dust in a Baggie, but you could call it Piss in a Baggie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I have to get my wife's permission on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. That's a great story. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stories like that where guys have to change on the go and driving. So that's that's crazy that you've already had that in just your short span. <laughs> Maybe invest in like one of those uh, funnels for your wife. I know they make some of those. So. <laughs> yeah. <So>. Christmas has <laughs> already passed. There's birthdays. Oh, uh, Valentine's right around the corner. Get your old funnel. <laughs> That's great. Now That's he has great. to. <laughs> yeah. And I think I can make my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. So, um, that's great. Uh, um, we'll kind of look to the future here. I know you're fairly new into the business, but what are your goals uh, going forward, what's uh, what's 24, 2024 looking for? I know you want to get those 10 states, but what are those current states you're wanting to go to? Uh, any, any state. Like I'm willing to fly. I got some people out in Arizona that I can stay with, fly out there, work a, a show out there, Colorado, New York, anywhere, really. And I, I got my Kentucky license. I can get any license, too. I can pass the physical, so... There's no state that I'm not willing to go to. I would love to do Alaska, go up there and wrestle a polar bear or something like that. I don't know. That would be fun. I mean, not probably not many people get to do that. But uh, other than the 10 states, the other big goal I want and I'm working at is to get on NWA, have one spot on an NWA televised show. Like that, that's my end game for 2024. Wow, that's a really yeah, big right goal. On. That's awesome. Awesome. Hopefully. Hopefully it happens for you. Yeah, make it happen. Great work, so. Be like a buffalo. <laughs> Go for it. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's your next gimmick. Johnny Pope, the buffalo or some shit. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, hey, but, um, <laughs> head right into the storm, I guess. So, um, The NWA has been around for a long time. I know they... Um, I, I've not really followed them very much, but what's... 
what really made you want to go into the NWA? I know there's a lot of history there, but what's your reason? Uh, well, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm working on the, okay, so they started back up the territories and Joe Kazana promotion is now a trademark of the NWA. That's one of the territories. And my foot was already in the door. I worked for them before. Uh, and I know I've been talking to Joe. He said, I'm always welcome there. So I'm trying to get my foot in the door there with them. And right now, I think that uh, especially with the seminar, I got in front of Trevor Murdoch and Billy Corrigan. So they've seen my face. Uh, so they're going to be familiar with me. And I'm hoping that next time they see me, I'm going to come back and use all the critiques they gave me to show them that, hey, I can listen, I can learn, I can do whatever you want. All right, we're already working together in a way. Let, let's work together more. Let's book old No Joke Johnny Poke on NWA, baby. Let's make let's make dreams come true. <laughs> great. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's a um, there's a lot of big you just to take yeah. critique and learn. And then the, yeah. a lot of people don't. And then <laughs> Another thing is like the way that they do the matches too is a lot of the way that I was trained by Dr. Tom was like the old school, you know, you're going to tell a story. There's not going to be a million high spots. We're, we're going to do what we need to, to get the, the story told. And that, that's what I like. They don't have all these hundred different spots kind of like AEW does. I mean, you watch the young bucks, they got about 10 super kicks within the first five minutes. And it's kind of like, well, where was the build for that? You know? So NWA, like uh, I was on the road with Silas Mason. We went up to, uh, I think it was AAW up in Chicago, and I helped out up there, had a little spot in that show. And he was talking to me, and this was before he signed the NWA deal, but he was working with them. And I was picking his brain about it, too, and that's what he says, that they're looking for someone that knows psychology of wrestling and if they can be taught. So that's kind of my psychology going into it went to the seminar took in what they said and i'm going to learn what they want me to learn awesome awesome and you mentioned a big name trevor murdoch i know nwa's had a lot of really big names in it recently mac cardona i think ec is ec3 still their world champion right now um but what are some big time names maybe not this year but maybe in 2025 that you want to get in the ring with Mm. Are we talking indies or like fantasy match? I mean, we could do it realistically, and then, yeah, and then your fantasies maybe. <laughs> yeah, my realistic one is Nate Hewitt. He does. He's. I've just been a total fan of his ever because it's the, he does a like, chainsaw massacre gimmick and i love the character he pulls off with it. he has these different faces he can put on like that, that's one match that i could see happening i think that we're about the same caliber of talent i would love to step in the ring with him but if i could wrestle like one of the nwa guys that would be awesome would be silas mason just because i would i gotta watch him train with dr tom a little bit whenever i was in uh, I, I got i shared a locker room with him plenty of times we uh, were in the car ride together for eight hours to Chicago, hung out after their show, picked his brain a lot, and getting to work with him would be a uh, honor, to say the least. Awesome, awesome. Love that, love that answer. Perfect answer there. Um, so that's great. Uh, so do you have anything, Elijah? Let me – I got to think for a second. <laughs> well, we – 
we kind of passed it up, but uh, you had mentioned some connections with uh, your grandfather and how that molded your name and and uh, back then. And uh, I mean, personally, when I was a, a little kid, the, the first film I ever saw was the film Shane, which was about a cowboy. He comes into town and uh, he wipes out all the bad guys. And I'm wondering if you kind of mentioned the same thing growing up, like Westerns and all that. And how did that shape you, you know? It taught me like a code of the cowboy, like the John Wayne code, you know, be respectable, be honorable, but don't be afraid to stand your ground. You got to be tough enough to say enough is enough. And that that's a lot of shoot who I am and who I really portray as my character so then the younger generations, if they look up to me, they're looking up to me the same way I did John Wayne and Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, you know. Uh, they knew when it was time to kick ass, and they could, and they showed it. You live in your mama's basement and still collect toys? Well, I got the thing for you. Today's video is sponsored by Figure Toy Company, the best place to get your figures and your figure accessories tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my, go to Figure Toy Company to get your wrestling figure accessories like those and use code breakpoint underscore wrestling underscore fed to save you 10% on $20 or more. So let's, uh, let's, take a, let's take a little time machine to the future. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where's Johnny Poke? Is he gonna be in the NWA? He's gonna be even bigger than that. Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Next five years, Johnny Poke will have made his television debut, worked a contract out with a major company, and at that five-year mark, I'll be coming back to the Indies to finally settle down and do my farewell run and retire with my family. Like I'll be uh, 35 at that point, and that was me and my wife's deal. You know, I'll give it a good five to ten years, and at that ten-year mark, that's when it's time to hang it up because one thing I don't want to do is be one of those guys that hang on too long. And one, they're making a mockery of the sport because they're going out there, they're getting hurt, they're hurting other people, and it just looks like garbage, but they think that they can keep going, and that's what I don't want to become. I want to be able to go out there and give a product that people pay their hard-earned money for. I want to make it worth that money. I don't want to go out there just because I have an ego thinking, oh, I'm a wrestler. I can still go. I got tights and boots. No, that's not what it's about. So at that point, I think my uh, my maturity age, 35, will be time to, to hang it up. I'll be able to reach my peak. I'll be coming down. Like I said, I'll make a farewell run, give some young guys some pushes try to pass on the knowledge I've learned, try to pass it through the grapevine, and, yeah, be working for my retirement. Hmm. Okay. okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so is that something maybe after your retirement, maybe going into the training aspect, the booking aspect, maybe a behind-the-scene type guy? Is that anything you would be interested in doing or...? I think so. I think so. Cause every time I do have to step away because of an injury or something like, Oh man, I won't miss it. It'll be whatever. But then I do start to miss it. I know that's what's going to happen after five more years in the business. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm 
I want to go back in, but I'm going to have to know and tell myself, no, you're going to age in a match. Like, I'll go in, I'll help the kids with the bookings and, like, show up and try to help write their matches for it, agent for them. And, yeah, I would love to stay in the business for sure, but I'm not going to travel seven hours just to age in a match. That That's the only problem is where I live, the closest venue I have to work is maybe an hour and a half to two hours away. So I could still make that age in a match, have some fun, be a part of the wrestling family, but it'll be very limited to say the least. Awesome, awesome. Definitely, Clark mentioned that's something he would like to get into. So I was just wondering if that was something you're interested as well. And you just <laughs> mentioned the wrestling family. Uh, Clark mentioned he has his uh, Mad Bash group uh, that you're somewhat a part of. But um, what are some other guys in wrestling that are like family to you other than uh, Clark? And, and uh, the only other ones that I've got real close with that like we keep in touch, we call on a weekly basis would be the guys I went to the academy with. And I mean, whenever you do something like that, like you create a bond. There was... There was 21 people on the first day, and there was only 14 people that graduated. And out of those 14 people, there's only about five or six of us that are actually still working that stayed together. Because that's the Stu crew, which is Zach and Dylan Stewart, uh, myself, J.R. Miller, and uh, there's a couple other ones that do a show here and there. But yeah, once you go through that course and it's you push yourself to the limits physically and mentally. And for some of us, like me, I moved away from home. I, I was already married, so I had to leave my wife behind. I had a mortgage that I had to keep paid. So I sold my motorcycle and some guns just to make sure the mortgage was paid. And when I was down there, I had to find a way to keep food on the table. So every other weekend, I come home, work on the farm, do what I could, make some money so I could go back and have food. And some weeks, you know, I just honestly had a bag of rice for three days to split that up. And that was it before I could get more money. And like a lot of us had to do, there's one guy that was living in his car at, in the Walmart parking lot. Like he would go there and he'd sleep, he'd go work out at a planet fitness and that's where he'd shower. And then he'd train Walmart parking lot, sleep, repeat. And then once people, we found out about that, we got him someone to stay with obviously, but just the dedication and the sacrifice that we made together. And then the fact that we're still chasing our dream. Like if, Whenever you do chase the dream, you can make that connection with other people like, all right, you're putting in the work. You're doing what you have to to make your business what it is, to make your product as great as it is. And it takes a lot of work no matter what you're doing. If you're putting your time and your effort into anything, people take for granted. No, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes that you don't see. And that's the, that's the big bond that I made with those boys down there. So that was the Stu Cruz, Zach and Dylan, and then J.R. Miller. And the crazy part is in the class, like we started a fashion and that's where the Pope gang began. It was us four. And we were originally a heel stable in the class. Like, yeah, we're taking it over. We are JPWA. And when it came to the uh, showcase uh, show, Dr. Tom booked me and the Stu crew as faces and JR as a, a heel. So that kind of shifted our careers differently. But still, we, that's the only person I will break kayfabe with is JR Miller. Like, I'll take pictures with him because he's my brother. He was one of the four horsemen of the Pope gang. And like those guys, I'll remember till the day I die. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Are there any, um, you just mentioned that guy living in his car, but are there any other stories with that group that, um, maybe someone, uh, 
the listeners probably wouldn't know of? Uh, well, Noah, he moved, he was, I think he was 18. I just turned 18. He had a little training center back home in Texas and the teacher passed away. And so he drove a U-Haul. I can't remember how many hundred miles, but from like Houston, Texas, all the way to Knoxville by himself, 18 years old, set himself up at an apartment, had his uh, bank account wired over and he basically put himself through the school by himself at 18 years old, took every penny he had and put it towards wrestling. And he's one of them that's still doing it. I think he's down in Southern Tennessee, maybe down in Alabama somewhere right now, but he's a real quiet guy. He doesn't get on social media much, but he was probably one of the best workers I ever worked. Funny story about him. Uh, I went down to Dr. Tom's advanced class for one week to train and get brushed up. And I stayed with him while I was there. And, we ended up getting booked at two shows and one show we got to work each other and this show we're talking about it and uh, we go out we work it and he uh he did an o'connor i did an o'connor roll on him and once i'm pinning him one two he put his hand on my butt and his thumb in my bunghole and shot me <laughs> off and i jumped across the <laughs> ring and we went on with the match i don't even remember who won but once we got backstage he's like how was everything brother i'm like Man, you shoved your finger up my butt. He was, yeah, I know. It made you break the pin, didn't it? I'm like, no one no. You go wash your hands and I'll shake your hand, damn it. Oh, man. That was probably one of the funniest wrestling stories I ever encountered. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Gonna get wow. pink eye. Yeah, yeah, I know. Jeez. He was right. It made me break the pin, man. I'll make anybody break the pin. He wanted to win, I guess. <laughs> that's that's something, I guess. Um, but um, with the little storytelling you were telling us, um, a lot right. of people mentioned paying your dues and all that stuff. Um, what was you kind of mentioned it for you? You had to eat rice for three days and go back and work on the farm. What other? stuff did you have to do to kind of pay your dues starting out in the business? Man, one thing I don't agree with that I had to do was work for free. Uh, there were some, a lot of shows when I first started, even when I came back with the Academy training to my name with Dr. Tom and Kane's name and stamp on me, I still had to work for free at some shows. And then they just started using me and my credibility to get themselves over and that's one thing they said oh you gotta pay your dues brother you gotta work your way i'm like i understand telling the story part of it but you guys ain't even paying me and you're making me look like shit you're using me to get yourselves over without even helping me out and that's something that i see happen a lot is people are going to go over on kids and just completely squash them and say that's paying your dues and it's like no you're just making a mockery of that kid is all you're doing like if a booker ever told me, hey, go out there, have a squash match with him. I'm going to get with my guy and be like, hey, you're getting some shit in. All right. I'll, I'll go over, but I'm going to make sure that you don't look like a chump. Um, that, working for free, and then paying the dues as in showing up and setting up. Like I'll still, if it's a new venue for sure, even if they don't need help, I'll still show up help them get stuff put together and show them, Hey, I'm willing to do it. If you need me to, I've no, I'll drive six hours, help you set up, get here that early. I have no problem doing it. And that really goes a long way in the business. Cause a lot of the time they don't need it, but then that time that they do, you could be that lifesaver for them and they'll remember that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great, great thing to do. That's a, 
something to definitely yeah, keep doing. Really expressing uh, the work ethic of wrestlers and how like admirable it is, you know. Being able to sleep mm-hmm. in your car to to do what's possible to help your family, to to show like people a good time, yeah, it's really a really good business for for stuff like that. Oh, absolutely! And it's like for me, it was an outlet as a kid. Like I, I always needed that little bit of a motivation. You know, we all a lot of us got picked on growing up. A lot of us were weirdos and outcasts, and that's where the Pope gang came in. Is you know, I'm gonna reach out to the people like me. I'm not in it to make the money. I'm not in it to be a wrestler. You know, now it's at the point where like I'm gonna reach out to the kids like me, the Pope gang, the misfits, the outcasts, the underdogs, the ones that people don't believe in because. I'm going to be the guy that I needed when I was that age, because I truly believe if I had someone to believe in me whenever I was, say, 18 even, to push me to go after my dreams into wrestling and actually pursue happiness, I'll be a lot farther in my wrestling career now than I am. So if I can reach out and help someone realize that before it's too late, then that, that, that's my goal on this earth. Awesome. I think you are, man. You're doing... Thank you. Thank you. I mean, right now and everything I see, I'm over in Africa and I'll see some of your promos and I think you cut really great promos. It's I, I think Thank you. Yeah, what what you're saying, I think you're you're achieving. So good. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So um Clark uh, kind of mentioned a few things, maybe not during our, our interview or just uh, when I'm chatting with them, uh, that you're kind of, I guess, uh, the crazy one of the tag team. You're the $5,000 of fireworks and blow stuff up type of guy. Um, is that really true? Or are you just, uh, that just your character? Or you really like that? You just crazy redneck type. <laughs> Man, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. So I'm going to do it. If it's going to be fun, am I going to get a laugh out of it? Oh, yeah, we're going to do it. Like, uh, I'll think about risk and reward. And it's the same way in the ring. Like, I do the high risk, the flips, and the springboards. It's like, you know, it's going to hurt. Is it worth it? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> so I'm the, yeah, I'm a little bit of an irrational one. And he's kind of the, the level head of the both of us. Right, he's right. no joke, Johnny Pope. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so with the with that kind of irrational um if it's gonna hurt or not, I know I'm I'm a big fan of like the death matches, the hardcore type matches. Are you a fan of that wrestling since you kind of went into the, the JPWA kind of teach you the technical stuff? Are you a fan of that hardcore deathmatch type stuff or I am a fan, but I will never participate in one. That's a, <laughs> that's a little bit too extreme for me. But yeah, dude, I used to love ECW and watching all the blood and gore, like Mick Foley stuff with uh, Terry Funk, that barbed wire match. Oh, my God. It was brutal. <laughs> it was entertaining. It was crazy. But that's that's a little bit of a different level than Johnny Poke. <laughs> um, if, I, if I bleed, it's usually the hard way. So it catches me the elbow or cracks my nose wrong something like that but yeah I, I love it like i respect the hell out of anybody who can go in there and get cut up and then keep going because hell i've rolled my ankle in a match and I'm like oh man i can't go on and then you got all these other hardcore guys that have bled out quartz already and they're still working i'm like no 
No, I would have called it. I would have threw up the belt <laughs> legs. I would have been out. Right. There's there's even guys out there that have died and then went back out there trying to wrestle like Nick Gage. He's he actually died and came back. So I was just wondering. That's something I really like. I know there's a lot of fans of that. I really love the the hardcore stuff. It's just a just a different stuff. So that's very something I wanted to mention. And you mentioned your no joke, so I didn't know if you were no no joke. So bar brawls and great. <laughs> Yeah, no, like that no joke. I'm, I'm not no limit, Johnny Poke. I'm just no joke, no, Johnny Poke. No limit. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Maybe if you started a little earlier when you were younger, maybe. Uh, probably younger, so. Maybe. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> no limit, Johnny Poke. <laughs> we kind of want to get a little bonus content for our Patreon, uh, kind of talk about some other stuff. Other than wrestling, I know you mentioned gaming. We can. Um, what other kind of stuff outside of wrestling are you really interested in and passionate about? I I, I love superheroes. Uh, okay. Whether I was in bodybuilding and whether I, uh, I I always use like Greek mythology as well and superheroes as like my motivation. And then later on, when I was down in Knoxville, I got to train at the D one Training Center with uh, the Tennessee Vols. And I got to work with their personal trainers. And one of those guys, what their philosophy that they shared was to always imagine yourself as like, say, I'm a big Thor fan. Imagine yourself as Thor. Like you are him. You can do it. Get that mentality. And then so like, I superheroes and all that. And the storytelling with comic books as well. Yeah, Thor's going to save the day. He's going to take on the destroyer. But wait, he sees a baby over here in the burning building. What should he do? Save the world or the baby? The decisions he has to make, and then he saves all everything. It's, that's always been a passion of mine. Uh, Thor, Wolverine, Superman. Those are my top three in the, the <laughs> comic book world. Pretty sure that's like the most generic answers ever, but... <laughs> I mean, no. and then Deadpool 3 is coming out with Wolverine. I'm super excited about that. I have some uh, Wolverine gear I'm getting made that I got the blue boots. I got the mask. I got the dry fit shirt. Now I just got to get the pants, too. I got a guy working on those so I can actually wear them in the ring. And if I could get someone to do a Sabretooth gimmick and it'd be Sabretooth versus Wolverine in a wrestling ring, dude, that would sell <laughs> out. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, kind of keep with that theme there, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know there's a lot of big time producers out there, and we're wanting to make a movie ourselves. But a lot of people out there are just like, that's not cinema. That's just uh, not the cinema they're used to. They're not. It's not really good in their view. Uh, but there's a lot of people that love it. What are your views on that? Is it just? Uh, do you think it's good uh, cinema or not? Amusement like, park films, like low budget, like is that what you're talking about, or like the movies they're making now, like private just, made? I just know there's been a few, few big time producers, old old timers, you can say that it just really brought shot down the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just saying it's not cinema. It's just not not good. Yeah, they say it's like a, a amusement park films and just for a dollar bill. I can kind of see where they're going with that, but I still right. like it. I still watch it. 
I mean, it's still entertaining to me. It's still going to get a pump out of me. I love superheroes. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep watching them <laughs> as long as they come out. Even if they suck, I'm going to watch them. Uh, you might find a, a diamond in the rough. But yeah, some of these last films they've been putting out and even seasons on the Disney app, it's like, I do feel like they're just trying to squeeze another dollar out. But eventually <laughs> they're going to make something good and I'm going to get a witness it. So I'm, I'm along for the ride on that. You're right. Uh can't say no to that i think <laughs> that's a very very good point there um i know me and elijah we were both growing up playing games uh you mentioned assassin creed i know elijah was really big into that when he was growing up um what really yeah. <laughs> got you into those single player type games and wants you to play those other than maybe like the wwe games uh, a lot of people play the shooter game call of duties what's uh really brings you to those I didn't understand the storytelling of wrestling until about two years into my actual wrestling career. And then after that, it it reminded me of the video games too, like the actual storyline, how it played out. Like you had the the path to choose and the, the guy overcoming all the obstacles and like God of War, he had to fight the Greek gods and now he's fighting the Norse gods. Like that's my favorite video game right now is, God of War Ragnarok. My wife got me that for Christmas, and man, I've been glued to that. Any any second I get away from the gym, I've been playing that. And yeah, it's the basically my story, man. Like we're busting our ass. We're we're just a guy trying to live, and then now we got these obstacles. We got this dream. We got to make it happen. And now that I, I understand how wrestling works, that's exactly what a video game is. A video game is a really long, long wrestling match. It tells the story, you know. They got that prelogue at the beginning. Everything's nice, but oh, oh no, now his wife and children are killed. What's going to happen? He's at that low point, and now you get to play it, and now you get to live it. And honestly, when I play Mortal Kombat, I use some of those as ideas in the ring. Like Johnny Cage does the splits dick punch. <laughs> I do that yeah. whenever I'm a heel. Like, I, I've only done it a couple <laughs> times, but, man, they pop where they're picking me up. I go down to splits and low blow. Crowd loses their <laughs> mind. It's great. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I love. That's always a great spot. A good old dick punch. So, <laughs> so are you on um, PlayStation, Xbox? What do you normally play on? Uh, PS4. Yeah. PS4, I, I don't have online either. I'm like a little hermit out here. Like I got uh, the the standard. <laughs> I got the Wi-Fi, but I never play online. It's just too much, and they're too good, man. I could Call of Duty right. online one time, and then there's these little kids talking smack, how how they're gonna steal my wife, and then they're teabagging my dead body. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm gonna go back playing the bots. You mentioned music earlier, but you never really told us uh, what kind of genre and songs and artists you really like. Um, what are some of your favorite artists and songs? Oh. If I'm gonna get pumped up, anything classic rock, ACDC, uh, Led Zeppelin's good. Uh, some of the modern rock, like um, I don't really know much modern rock to be honest with you. They just uh, the genres are so far out there. And then like cruising, just chilling. I love uh, the genres outlaw countries so, like Coulter Wall, uh, Eric Childress. That that's my peaceful music. That's what I just like to chill and relax or I'm on the road, put that on the uh, Spotify. And next thing I know, six hours is done and I'm at the show. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, I'm definitely yeah. a old school Good rock music. guy. So do you want to ask anything 
Elijah. Well, he was talking music and the, yeah, yeah, Coulter Wall. I don't know if you know of the band Red Tail Rising or uh, the Dead Tongues, or, but they really uh, offer a, that Civil War outlaw vibe. You know, yes. It's like there's a a real mood, like a feeling to it. Like you, they're really expressing their souls. Yep. It, 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 just like a wrestling match, it tells a story. Like uh, Coulter Walker, he tells a story about how a man found his wife cheating on him, so he killed him down by the river. It's like it was an actual story. It had good beat. It tells a story about how he's living on the blacktop, just going from town to town, living on the road and using metaphors. And that's something I really love that one because being a wrestler, I live that. I'm living on the blacktop. Like yesterday, I left at 10 a.m. I drove five hours to Tennessee. I was there for five hours for the show. Drove five hours back home. Like I'm living on the blacktop. And that's what a lot of that outlaw country still has. It has stories to where the modern country is just a bunch of words and beats. That's all they have. Yeah. Romance songs, just like romances with your truck or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Tractor broke down. Wife left him, took the double wide. Yeah, we've all heard that story a hundred (laughs) times. Right, right, absolutely. So, um, I want to go back to your thoughts. You said you like you're a big thinker when you're on the car rides or philosophical thoughts and all that. Um, what are some things you actually think about uh, that's on your mind all the time? Just the now and the future, really. Like that—that's what I'm always thinking. Is where do I go from here? Okay, did I just have a good match? Did I just have a bad match? Should I retire now? Should I aim even higher? Uh, that was that's on my mind a lot. Uh, other things in life, like just having a positive attitude. So I was going to start this uh, podcast called Pope's Pumping Philosophy. It was going to be half about diet, nutrition, and training, and then like the last segment was going to be my philosophy: how you can incorporate so much from wrestling and training into your everyday life. Like you can work out for a week straight or um, a month. You're working on chest for a month. You want to get your bench up 10 more pounds. You never give up. Then at the end of the month, you've accomplished that goal. And that's one thing that training has taught me. If you never give up, even if you don't think it's working, give it time. The rain dance only works because they didn't stop dancing until it rained. You can't give up. Yeah, we live in an instant society. Uh, People need to learn the to take things slow, but still go at it like a buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, today everything is so click now, buy now. It'll be there in two days. It's like, it's nuts. And even on a social media platform, uh, you can't cut longer than a three-minute promo anymore. Like anymore, if it's more than 30 seconds to a minute, people are going to swipe, swipe left, scroll down. They're going to keep scrolling. So you got to be bam, 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 explosion, explosion. This is who I am. Be there. And it just, it's nuts. It's like, we do need to slow down a little bit and appreciate it, but yeah, it's hard to in this world anymore. Absolutely. Um, I'll bring it back into the wrestling. You mentioned promos. Was there any promo training in the JPWA Academy or was it basically strictly wrestling? No, every Wednesday we did have promo training day. Uh, we do the four-hour class would be all promos. And we get up, 
And it, it would be different every time too. Like some days he'd let us prepare our own. And then like we'd each cut by three to four promos a class, uh, one minute long because he, like he explained to us, it's a social media world. It's gotta be quick. It's gotta be to the point, get your stuff across, tell your story, cut it out. And he also used that as a wrestling match too. you know, start out hot, get their attention, let them know what's happening. Then finish with that big spot. And some days we come in and he'd be like, all right, John Pope, I want you to cut a promo on the word radish. And he'd do five, four, and he'd get down to one and you'd have to go. Like it would, sometimes it would have to be about wrestling. Sometimes it'd just be about your everyday life. And it's like, these are different exercises you can do on the road at the show, because what are you going to do if the promoter comes up? Like, Hey, hey, hey we had a no show. Here's the mic. Go cut a promo on Mikey boo. And they're like, what? Who's Mikey Boo? It shouldn't matter. <laughs> you should be able to take that name and turn it into a promo to make people care enough to watch it and be invested in it. And that that's that's one of the uh, exercises we've done. And then another one was he would give us a big name. Like my uh, one guy's with Shawn Michaels and he came out there, shot on Shawn Michaels. Like, okay, now, first of all, you, you know, Shawn Michaels is this great wrestler, blah, blah, blah. But now you're, you're kind of taking a dump on him. You're, you're discrediting him. Why would you do that? You're not making yourself look smart at all. You're making yourself look like an idiot by belittling a legend. So he also taught us like, be smart about it know how to set up your promo, you know, be aggressive, but don't try to bury someone whenever you know their credibility is way up there. So you had to know what you were working with. Uh, that definitely helped me out. And then they had a, a promo challenge online down at SPCW that I entered and I made it to, I was a semi-finalist and uh, yeah, I was first place runner up, first place loser. That sucked. I was pissed, but Hey, you win some, you lose some. Man, and that promo, too, I, I had, I was like, man, if I make it to the final round, I'm busting out my AK, I'm going to blow some stuff up, like, it's going to be good. And it was good, but I guess the other guys was better. I mean, I don't agree. I thought I should have won, but hey, I'm not the judge. <laughs> uh, all right, that's awesome. So, awesome, yeah. What's the art of, like, cutting a good promo, just blowing shit up like that, or? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... uh. The psychology, once again, is all about the psychology. Will it make sense? And that was people were watching it, and it was four-round uh, promo battle. That was the final round. So they've been watching me for the last month shoot these promos for this competition. Boom, it's the last round. I'm going out with a bang. That was the psychology behind it. Now I got their attention. I start out shooting at AK-47. Like, what? What? He has a gun. Is that legal? Is that registered? What? Ah. And then I go into a promo. So I got their attention, and now they're listening to what I have to say. And I started this story. So you got to have something to get them right away, get them interested. And then they can dial it down a little bit. It's like a roller coaster ride. We got them here. Now let's go down this hill. Let's take it easy, take it easy. Oh, no, something's happening. Something's happening. Here's that final big drop. So you tell that story, then once you bring it back, you got to have that punchline. You got to have that catchphrase. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to show you who's boss because I'm Johnny Poke, and that is no joke. So it's got to have the power and the feeling behind it. Absolutely. I love it. Love it. That's great. So um, you you got to ask the background from your training. They had the actual um, – Clark actually had his uh, – his background was more a theater, playing that stuff in high school. 
Um, what was your high school experience like? Were you a theater kid? Were you a, a jockey? What were you like back then? Straight up outcast. Like I, I was friends with every single group, but I, I don't think I had a single best friend. I was a drifter. Like one day I'd be over here. One day I'd be over there. Uh, I did theater for a while. I did choir because I thought choir was going to be like on American Pie. You know, you get in the choir, you meet some hot <laughs> chicks. There you go. You fall in love. Right. Well, it was not like that. It, no one wanted to see Johnny Poke in cowboy boots dancing to the thriller. So I left choir right away and I went to theater. So it was a fair swap. Uh, theater, that, that actually helped me a little bit with like my uh character wise that i didn't think that would ever come into play i literally took <laughs> theater because it was a, a fun class i liked to act and it was an easy a and uh but lo and behold 10 years later i'm using it in my professional wrestling career so like i said i'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason it comes full circle another meaning is in that choir class i was in it for one week before i realized no not for me but who was also in that choir class that i didn't even know yet was my now wife and that was the first time she ever saw me was dancing the thriller in cowboy boots wow wow that's a great story there that's awesome <laughs> uh, so uh would you get into acting at all or yeah. oh yes i would love like that um let's see Ev i'm trying to think of the town south of evansville henderson kentucky i think henderson, is that right yeah. yeah right across the uh, river yep I have some friends that they do uh, small, low-budget films there, and I love their work, and I would love to even just be a stuntman for one of those lower-budget films and even work my way up. I, I would love to be in the acting world. Like, that would be awesome. I would, my fantasy would be uh, Power Rangers, dress up and do the karate and stuff as the Power <laughs> Ranger to say, that was my childhood dream, and there we go. I'm the Power Ranger now. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't... I didn't see that coming, but okay. <laughs> Johnny Pope, the Power Ranger. <laughs> oh, that'd be... All right. So, well, we mentioned that movie stuff because our, our big goal is to actually make a movie. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. You want to do Power Rangers and you want me to be the Red Ranger. No. We're, we're wanting to do a wrestling movie. Sorry, sorry. But, um... But yeah, the our big goal is a is a uh, not really a low budget, but not really a high budget, kind of in the middle. So micro type film and to... yeah, <laughs> and really this podcast is to kind of get our foot in the door to talk to wrestlers like yourself to that are interested in that stuff. So it's great to hear that you'd be interested. Hopefully, we can work it with you on maybe in the future. But um, yeah, that's great to hear. And that's our big, big goal is an actual movie. So that's awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, man. Put my name down. I'd be totally down with that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Pretty film awesome. about wrestlers with wrestlers. It's like, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> man, that sounds fun. That'd be, that'd be a great time. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're in the hour 13 minute mark. So. I think we're we can cut it here unless you you want to talk a little more. We can talk more, but um, it's really up to you. However, your schedule is. I feel like we we got covered all the bases. I'm happy with what we did here today, boys. Yeah, awesome. Same here. Maybe you could 
say some final words for the next generation down the line trying to get into wrestling or if uh there's one thing that you take away from old no joke johnny poke is it is possible anything wrestling movie producing art in any shape or form anything like the power of belief is all it takes as long as you can believe in yourself and know you can do it you do it because you're going to do it differently than anybody else. And that's it is what will make it great is the fact that you do it. And the way you do it is one of a kind. And whenever you figure out how to do it that way, your way, that is when you will make your dream come true. So yes, if you have that dream, go after it and do it your way. There is most definitely a wrong way, but there are so many different right ways and people think there's only one right way, but there's not. There's my right way. There's your right way. There's your right way. Everybody has their own right way. So go out, find yours, and make your dream come true. And that is no joke. <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, that's no joke, Johnny Poke, everyone. Uh, thanks for watching. And uh, thanks again, Johnny, for doing this. Absolutely loved you as a guest here. Thank you. Thank you guys very much for having me. It was a blast. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, it was yeah we might have to get the whiskey and warrants as a one episode. So, so yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll blow something oh, yeah. up on that. <laughs> All right. I'll, br I'll bring the tanner. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you, boys. There you have it, everybody. That was some inspirational words from Johnny Polk, and I know I'm going to be taking it to heart. I, I think he really, the thing I really like about him is like his work ethic and just like his philosophy behind what he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we had that joke in there about being the buffalo, but, you know, he really is displaying like this this hard work ethic, uh, fighting for your dreams, working for your dreams. Uh, and I think he's, he's followed like a path. He's from A to B to C. And he's really showing like some good merit in how to become a wrestler, but also just his philosophies on life is like, I, I think, really impactful here absolutely absolutely i think he was a, a took a whole whole another aspect of it a, diff, a different route than everyone else he's he's in his 30s he's he's an older guy he's i mean to me he's older but um in the wrestling world that might be young to some but that's a to me that's a really late start in the thing and he's really hitting it hard just like you say the buffalo going straight into the storm getting through it and he's really done that and then i really uh, admire his work and what he's done so far in the world and then and then just his uh just as uh his growing up with his grandfather just uh really got to me as well since that's uh i was raised by my grandparents so that was a great story and stuff he's just a uh, he's a really great guest here today and um hopefully we can have him and clark together as whiskey warrants one day on the podcast for an episode but um yeah, I think this was a great, great episode once again. And I think it's uh, we're going to continue doing some pretty good interviews. Yeah, and that's no joke. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, um, absolutely. If you want to help us at all with what we're doing here, um, we have a a lot of different avenues. We're posting this on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, trying to do Spotify. We have a website. You can share. You can like. The biggest way to help us is maybe to go to our GoFundMe, which you can find in the show notes, um, so that we can, you know, you can, whether it's a dollar, whether it's $10 or whatnot, you can put uh, some money into that and help us with our bigger aspirations. But we also have personal content. Zachary, he is uh, doing some pick fed. You know, he's got some hobbies there. And then I write books. So if you just want to help us individually, that would be awesome. And also, if you don't like these intros and outros, as I've mentioned before, or the ads, and you just want to get straight to the wrestlers and you just, the real candid stuff, you can go over onto our Patreon and we have ad free content with bonus content in there. To learn a little bit more about Johnny Poke than uh, you could have outside of the, really get to know him, you know what I mean? Absolutely, and um, um, thank you everyone for listening to the Whoop Ass Podcast over on Spotify, every other place we are, and for our watchers on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, share, do everything. Click those thumbs. Uh, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>